Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Questioning Pornography podcast. This is your host, Lily, and for today's research highlight, we're going to start looking into a topic that has been on my to-do list to look into for a while, and that is, how does porn affect female consumers? So I've been having more people ask me this question lately, and I've unfortunately been woefully unequipped to answer because while some of the studies I've read include both men and women in their participant sample, a lot of them do include only men or or at least mostly men. And there definitely seems to be less research out there which focuses focuses specifically on women, you know, which is understandable because statistically there are definitely more men who consume porn than women, but the amount of women consuming porn is on the rise and is by no means insignificant anymore. For example, according to Pornhub's stats from 2019, 29% of their consumer base was women. And and I do always take Pornhub stats with a bit of a grain of salt, but in this case, they were the most recent stats I was able to find from any source. And I think Recency isn't pretty important here if we're talking about a potentially yearly increase in uh, the amount of female consumers of porn. But but this is just to say that we can't and we shouldn't ignore female porn consumers anymore. But I have been guilty of basically doing that up until now, and I want to apologize for that. And we're going to begin trying to rectify that to some degree. So for today's research highlight, I selected a 2018 study by Mass and Dewey, and it's called Internet Pornography Use Among Collegiate Women, Gender Attitudes, Body Monitoring, and Sexual Behavior. And obviously it takes more than reading one study to understand the effects of porn on female consumers, but I think this study is a pretty good place for us to start because Mass and Dewey look into a few different potential impact areas, whereas many of the other studies that came up when I was searching for this just focus on one specific impact area. So this is a good place for us to get a bit of an understanding to begin with. So the impact areas that Mass and Dewey looked into were, number one, how does porn consumption relate to women's attitudes towards rape and sexual violence? Number two, how does porn relate to women's tendency to engage in body monitoring? So that is basically stressing about and criticizing their own physical appearance, uh, physical appearance, excuse me, all the time. And how does porn relate to them having negative attitudes towards women or like the female gender? And finally, how does porn relate to the number of sexual partners that women have? And for the participant sample that uh, Mass and Dewey assessed all these metrics for, they studied 168 heterosexual female college students between the ages of 18 and 29. Okay, so looking at those uh, metrics that we laid out, let's start with attitudes towards rape and sexual violence. So this is something which has been looked at pretty extensively in many studies that are focused on male porn consumers. and. One common method that's used to assess attitudes is uh, a measure for what researchers call rape myths. So rape myths essentially refer to, you know, callous attitudes towards rape and sexual assault, which kind of put the blame on the victim or which say it isn't a big deal or is sometimes justified or anything like that. 
So for example, some of the statements uh, that were used in this study to assess a participant's acceptance of rape myths include um, any woman who is careless enough to walk through dark alleys at night is partly to be blamed if she is raped. The discussion about sexual harassment on the job has mainly resulted in many a harmless behavior being misinterpreted as harassment. When a single woman invites a single man to her flat, she signals that she is not averse to having sex. Those kind of things. So Mass and Dewey hypothesized that consumption of pornography would be correlated with stronger acceptance of rape myths, as that is what had been found in previous studies done on men. And indeed, the results confirmed that hypothesis. So the group of women who consume pornography scored higher in acceptance of rape myths than the group of women who did not consume pornography. So there's definitely concern in the research that for both men and women, pornography may be having a normalizing effect on how they perceive sexual violence. Okay, the next metric was the relationship between porn and body monitoring. First, maybe we should look at why it's important to um, examine body monitoring and what kind of negative impact can body monitoring have. So Mass and Dewey cited a couple helpful studies in this regard. For example, according to a 2010 study, more body monitoring was associated with lower sexual esteem, lower sexual satisfaction, and lower motivation to avoid risky sexual behaviors. There was another 2006 study which found that women who have a positive body image, so that's kind of opposed to body monitoring, I imagine in most cases, are uh, higher in sexual assertiveness and sexual esteem and lower in sexual anxiety and experience fewer sexual problems overall compared to women with a negative body image. So that's kind of why body monitoring can be harmful. Now, in terms of how the study measured body monitoring, the women's tendency to engage in body monitoring was assessed with statements like, I often worry about whether the clothes I am wearing make me look good. So again, just kind of constantly worrying about how our body appears and what our physical appearance is like. And Mass and Dewey found in confirmation of their hypothesis again, that the women who consume pornography did indeed engage in more body monitoring than the women who didn't. Not altogether surprising, and I think is probably intuitive for most people. You know, when when you're spending lots of times looking at uh, supermodels and porn actresses' naked bodies, it may have an impact on how concerned you are with your own body's appearance and how satisfied you are with it. So that's body monitoring. And then there is porn consumption and general negative attitudes towards women. This is the section where I have the most skepticism, I'll say, about the suitability of their methods. And I'll explain why, but first we'll just run through the hypothesis and the results. So Mass and Dewey hypothesized that the porn consumers would have more negative attitudes towards women than the non-porn consumers. But this hypothesis was actually proven false. It was the only one of their hypotheses that were proven false. And there was, on average, no difference between the group that consumed porn and the group that didn't in this respect. Where they did find a difference was that those who consumed more porn or uh, more frequently consumed porn, they tended to have more negative attitudes towards women. But, but when you mixed in the frequent porn consumers with the infrequent porn consumers and then compared them to the non-porn consumers, it, it averaged out the same for those two groups. 
So that's interesting. And I, it would certainly be worth looking at to what extent frequency of corn consumption matters when assessing potential impact on negative attitudes towards women. However, personally, I think the scale this study used to measure negative attitudes towards women may have kind of missed the mark, uh, specifically for talking about how porn could impact negative attitudes. So, so let's look at this scale a little bit. They used a scale that was developed in a 1972 study. And the scale basically looked at whether people had more contemporary attitudes or very old fashioned attitudes towards women. And contemporary was defined as positive and old fashioned was defined as negative. So some statements that were used on the scale include, there are many jobs in which men should be given preference over women in being hired or promoted. A woman should not expect to go to exactly the same places or to have quite the same freedom of action as a man. A woman should be as free as a man to propose marriage. Women should worry less about their rights and more about becoming good wives and mothers. Swearing and obscenity are more repulsive in the speech of a woman than of a man. Women should be encouraged not to become sexually intimate with anyone before marriage, even their fiancés. So the reason why I'm saying I'm kind of skeptical about how suitable the scale is for measuring the impact pornography might have on negative attitudes towards women, it isn't because I disagree that most of the questions would probably track sexist attitudes in most cases, though though I think maybe one or two of them are potentially innocuous, which I'll I'll come back to in a minute, or, or, you know, could be innocuous if phrased differently anyway. Um, But my main thought is just that These aren't the kinds of areas where I would necessarily expect porn to have a negative impact on attitudes towards women. You know, I I don't really, I don't really intuit a link between porn consumption and thinking that women should be baby makers instead of having a career. I, I certainly don't intuit a link between watching porn and thinking women should stay virgins before marriage or shouldn't be obscene in their speech. I, I would probably intuit the opposite in some of those cases. But where I would more intuit links between watching porn and potentially harmful attitudes towards women would be in areas that are more directly related to the consumers absorbing ideas about women's, you know, sexual roles from porn. So, well, first of all, just seeing women's primary value as residing in their sex appeal, for starters, and then also things like thinking that women need to be open to whatever the guy wants, even if that includes humiliating or violent acts, if they're seeing a lot of that in porn, or or kind of on the flip side, thinking that women need to fit this kind of Jezebel seducer image in order to get men. Anything that's kind of related to absorbing sexual scripts and, and uh, yeah, ideas about women's sexual roles from porn. That's more where I would see intuitively porn having a negative impact. So that's just to say that I guess I'm not convinced that this is the best scale to determine whether or not definitively porn has any kind of negative impact on attitudes towards women. Uh, Now, I know I said I'd get back to the potentially innocuous statements in a bit. And yeah, like I said, most of them I think would track sexism, but statements like, for example, women should be encouraged not to become sexually intimate with anyone before marriage. That could be tracking some kind of gender double standard where, you know, 
the idea that women should keep themselves pure, but men should sleep around as much as they want, that attitude exists. And yes, I think that attitude is sexist and also pretty illogical because if heterosexual men are all sleeping around, then they are going to need some women to sleep with. <laughs> but, but anyway, given that the gender double standard wasn't explicit in the question, you know, the question was simply, should women be encouraged to save sex for marriage? Not should women be encouraged, but not men. Then I, I think the question also would have picked up a lot of people who think saving sex for marriage is the ideal for both women and men. And in those cases, I don't think that, well, I know that ideal isn't coming from a place of sexism because it's applied to both men and women and is just reflective of their general ideals. Um, Yeah, so one last thing I'll say about the potential limits of this scale is something that the authors acknowledged themselves. And they noted that their use in 2018 of a scale that was designed in 1972 might be a little outdated. They said that, quote, the older measure may not be a reliable one given the advancement in women's roles over the last two decades. And I agree with that too. Ultimately, there are going to be very few women in 2018, whether porn consumers or not, who say that women shouldn't have the same freedom of action as a man, for example. So the scale might not be as sensitive to picking up differences in attitudes as it would be if the questions were better designed for a contemporary audience. Okay, so that's the metric of negative attitudes towards women. And the last one is uh, porn's relationship with the number of sex partners that a woman has. And Mass and Dewey hypothesized that women who consumed porn would have a higher number of sex partners. And again, their hypothesis was confirmed. That is what they found. And of course, that could be a positive, negative, or neutral thing, depending on how you look at it and how that plays out for those women. So we won't spend too much time on that, but just a couple notes. First of all, a theory about these results from the researchers, which I think is pretty reasonable and worth including, I'll quote here, internet pornography use and the choice to have more sexual partners could be the result of these women believing that they are challenging the sexual double standard, which suggests men should be more overtly sexual than women. I think that's probably true, at least in some cases. Um, the other thing I just want to say is that it's curious to me that Mass and Dewey hypothesized that women who consume pornography would have a higher number of sex partners, but they also hypothesized that women who consume pornography would have the attitude that women should stay virgins before marriage insofar as that question was part of their scale of negative negative attitudes towards women. So I'm, I'm not too sure how that comes together, but not a big deal. As I explained, I'm already not really convinced that that scale was the best, so I'm not super taking those results to heart in either way. Um, yeah, that, that basically covers their main results. I'm glad we were able to dip our toes a little bit into this much neglected area, much neglected on, on my part, I mean. And as always, feel free to reach out if you have any thoughts or comments or questions you'd like to share with me. And as always, feel free to support Questioning Pornography on Patreon if you find that our episodes are beneficial. The link for that is in the show notes. And I hope you learned something and we're provoked to thought or inspired to have conversations and I hope you have a great day. Bye!